Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, everyone. Today, I'm giving you a taste of a show I really like called Remote Works. It's a storytelling podcast that is all about our move to flexible working. I wanted to share this clip from the season two finale. It's called Preventing Burnout. I have mentioned it to you before on the show. We've learned a lot about the challenges and rewards of working remotely during the pandemic. A study last fall found that 75% of workers have experienced burnout. 40% said their burnout was a direct result of the pandemic. But what if we don't know the signs of impending burnout? In this clip, we hear firsthand from someone who has been through burnout. We also hear from well-being expert Jennifer Moss, who spent the pandemic researching a book about burnout. She joined the Remote Works team to discuss what can be done to prevent it and what employers and individuals can do to create balance at work. When I first heard this episode, it really resonated with me, and I think it will with a lot of you as well. Find Remote Works anywhere you listen to podcasts and make sure to subscribe to catch season three. Melanie Green. This is Remote Works, an original podcast by Citrix. I'm on a journey to learn how companies and individuals can thrive and work through 2021 and beyond. Well-being is one of the issues that keeps coming up this year. One of the reasons is a growing concern over burnout. In one recent survey, over half of those who responded said they're experiencing workplace burnout this year. Jennifer Moss is an author, speaker, and radio columnist who focuses on topics around well-being. She's been interested in burnout for a while. She says there are signs you might be hitting the wall. Most people don't really know, um, but there are signs. One of them is that you are dreading going into work the next day, that you wake up in the morning and you feel already concerned and stressed and anxious about being at work, that by the end of the day, you feel completely drained by your day or you're exhausted by the work that you've done. You feel demotivated. And then there's also physical signs. You're not sleeping as well. Uh, You are starting to deal with other types of responses, stress responses. It's a vicious cycle. Lack of sleep can cause cortisol, the stress hormone, to increase, which can have a negative impact on physical health. Things like mood swings, high blood pressure, and weight gain. When you're in the middle of that swirl, it can feel incredibly intense. It was like entering a tornado. (laughs) It uh, It was terrifying. It was emotional. It was stressful. Meet Lauren. She's an events manager. That tornado she's referring to is her workplace back in the spring of 2019. 
Lauren was coming back to work after her maternity leave. And before she could get settled, she was thrown immediately into a massive project, planning a conference for 2,500 people. So the event happened in June and in September, my direct manager gave her notice. And with that, I was gifted the team, which I was incredibly grateful for. You take on this responsibility, and this is, correct me if I'm wrong here, September? That's correct. How does that go? I was shocked. I didn't expect it to come so quickly. And so it shook me. I think it shook the team. I know it shook the team. And so um, from that moment forward, everything just kind of happened so quickly. The logistics of, of a role transfer and the anxieties and the stressors and the shifting of the team. My colleagues are now my direct reports. So, you know, my friends, my colleagues, these people that were hired on around the same time as me, similar job titles, doing the same duties within the organization are now reporting to me. When your scope, it sounds like, is expanding pretty rapidly and you're working to keep up, how do you start feeling during this time? I struggled. I felt what I refer to as like an excessive need to show my worth to the organization. I felt like this role was gifted to me and I didn't necessarily earn it, which was ridiculous to think. I was totally earned and my manager made that very clear to me. But I'm also a woman in the workplace and that's a struggle in its own. And now I'm a woman in a leadership role within my team. With a new child at home and more responsibilities at work, Lauren was feeling the pressure. And as that pressure continued to build and build, it led to a place that felt inevitable, burnout. I wouldn't say I noticed it until it was almost too late. I completely neglected myself. I was so focused on my team and the events that we put on that I wasn't aware as to how my body was reacting, to how my family was reacting, and to how my peers were reacting. At the time, Lauren didn't know she was burning out. And she felt driven to perform because, you know, she loved her job. This is something that's been happening to people all over the world. No other country has identified burnout in the way that Sweden has, and they actually call it social exhaustion disorder, but it mimics burnout. What has happened around burnout in in the rest of the world is that it hasn't been considered a medical condition. It hasn't been diagnosable. So what happens is that it doesn't then get treated or get taken seriously. So the World Health Organization has really tried to change that. I know that the work that they're doing is really focused on trying to make it a diagnosable condition so that it can be treated. And it really is incredible how researchers have come to sort of push the conversation around burnout towards making it sort of a diagnosis. Actually, the WHO just in 2019 added it to its international classification of diseases, which was a major step. And then they also identified it as a workplace phenomena. The World Health Organization defines burnout as follows. A syndrome resulting from chronic workplace stress that has not been successfully managed. That's a textbook definition of what Lauren was experiencing. The definition goes on to describe the three dimensions of burnout. Feelings of energy depletion or exhaustion. Check. Increased mental distance from one's job or feelings of cynicism related to one's job. Check. 
and reduced professional efficacy. Triple check. Lauren had a one-way ticket to burnout, but she didn't know that at the time. So when those feelings came up, Lauren decided to work harder. That's when I went into hyperdrive. I'm a young woman working from home with a two-year-old boy, putting in 12 to 15 hours a day while caring for our son. And I wasn't picking up on cues around me. My focus was work, was getting the job done, making sure my team was okay, and essentially neglecting everyone else around me. And I noticed you didn't mention yourself. How, how were you feeling at that time? I was in a bubble and completely unaware. I felt the pressures of getting my work done in a timely fashion. If everything felt very heavy in the workplace, I was afraid of failure, but not recognizing that I was failing at my home life. I was failing at giving my son actual quality time. I was failing at giving my husband quality time. And so my emotional life at home was non-existent. I was there, but I wasn't present. As Lauren tried to balance work and home life, she started maxing out. Then in the midst of trying to find new balance working from home, Lauren was laid off. The company told her that due to the pandemic, they had to rethink their staffing situation. Lauren wasn't alone. She was experiencing what so many have been going through in the past year. Jennifer Moss says there are steps employers can take to prevent imminent burnout. One of the the first things that companies can do is to just be checking in more, to making sure that direct managers, those frontline managers are asking, you know, how people are feeling. What are their goals this week? Can we adjust them? Do you need them adjusted? Are they talking a lot about feeling exhausted? Are they, you know, are they doing things that have changed? If we're checking in more, if we're looking at the small data and really deploying those direct managers to find out that information, information in a way that is authentic, then we can see change over time. Observing employees and colleagues, really noticing how they're doing, and following up by connecting with them in a meaningful way. Those are two big takeaways. There's a great example of this woman that I interviewed for the book. Her name is Martha Bird, and she is the chief anthropologist at ADP. She had a whole bunch of people gather together and bring a picture of their childhood selves. And they talked, uh, you know, about what that picture meant. And there was this one gentleman that his photo was black and white. And she gathered people from all over the world in this group. And what he said is in his experience as a child, if you had a color photo in men that you were well off and so we dug into some of his background she she said about you know how he grew up and what you know what he understands of of privilege and what is um and and not having privilege and those conversations just sparked a huge conversation around how he felt inside the organization and how he had felt excluded and there's so much that can be sparked just by gathering people together and having those conversations Creating psychological safety and opportunities to connect with a trusted colleague when you really need it. Catching a problem before it grows into something too big to deal with. Those strategies sound attainable and they make sense. I really believe in upstream strategies. So we need to be sort of trying to prevent before we're looking to cure. But when that person is getting to that place where they are 
unwell, it's really important for us to then be able to have the supports already in place. Peer support is one of the biggest and having someone that you can talk to can be really helpful. We also need to get people more aware of what they have accessible to them through their EAPs. Most people don't use their EAPs. They need to be able to have access to them and and not just access to them, but like knowledge of what is available to them. Making sure that people are very well aware of their local supports. I know we hold ourselves really accountable for ourselves, you know, our own actions, but I think it is so important, aside from all of that, that employers need to be ultra aware as to what is going on within the organization and that they need to pay attention to the work that is going on, the hours that people are putting in. And if you don't have that set in place within your organization, that you need to figure out what you need to do to get that taken care of. And I know that obviously that could be bringing in somebody else to assess the organization that costs money. Yes. Bringing in additional HR support that costs money. Yes. But it's the health of your staff. It's the health of your team. And that is more important than anything else. Now that Lauren's had some space to step back from her experience, I asked her if she could go back and tell herself anything, give herself advice, what that would be. Yeah, I mean, I would go back and I would tell myself that you are worthy. You are worthy of being mentally, emotionally, and physically healthy. That is great advice for all of us. Burnout is real. And as we move into more changes in how and where we work, we need to cut ourselves some slack. Let's stop, take a breath, and remember that we're all doing our best. Above all, be kind to yourselves and others. I'm Melanie Green. You've been listening to a condensed version of Remote Works, an original podcast on fieldwork by Citrix. Listen to the full episode and other great stories by searching for Remote Works anywhere you listen to podcasts. Find us at citrix.com slash remote works. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs>